Hey everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, by Tara. Greetings, citizens. And I love, Joy. I love is that, I mean, the show is a sci-fi movie podcast, we talk about sci-fi movies, we'll get to that in a minute. What I love is that on the last episode that went public, the Men of Black episode, someone commented, <laughs> uh, Devious commented, that you're always shaking your head at me whenever we start, presumably because I've said something to make you shake your head right before we start. This is true. I was wondering how long it would take for someone to notice this and point it out. But I'm going to tell you this right now, folks. You will never, ever find out what I said right before we start. Well, I can also tell them that every time you say something, it's different. So... It is. No, it is. I don't use the same thing every time. I think of something stupid every time. And some of them you will never hear because I don't want any recording of me saying some of those things to be public. So. But they are stupid, which is why I'm shaking my head. <laughs> it only took 10 episodes for someone to notice. Um, or at least mention it. Maybe people were noticing all along. Maybe, maybe that was always a thing. I don't know. I, well, I don't know if I started it right away. It may have been like episode 4 or 5 when I started doing that. I don't know. Uh, but this is episode 12. This is episode 12 of the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Uh, every week we get a sci-fi movie and we watch it, we talk about it, and we dissect it and just generally have fun and have a casual conversation as as, as people typically do uh, when they don't hate each other's guts. Although, admittedly, me and Connor somehow pull it off even though we do hate, hate each other's guts. So, you know, um, it, it is what it is. There's so much love there between you two. You can't hide it. <laughs> We're just waiting for striking vipers to be invented, okay? Um, <laughs> so. I didn't mean physical love. Damn. <laughs> that's not technically physical. <laughs> technically, that's virtual love. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> okay, it was a joke. You know what? People were cracking striking vipers jokes like the second that episode of Black Mirror hit, all right? The second it hit, it was like, oh, you, you and like Tim striking vipers, like in his dreams, all right? In his dreams. <laughs> you think I would accept someone of Tim's caliber with his sexual machismo that you see before you? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much truth, I think you may say. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we talk about sci-fi movies every week, um, and occasionally, well, honestly, I don't usually stroke my ego for some reason, I'm just in a particularly ego-stroking mood this week, but <laughs> here we are. Um, but yeah, so we talk about sci-fi movies. Uh, normally, we'll also have a bonus section at the end of the episode where we, we talk about an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that we watched uh, together, but um, Tara literally just moved across the country. We didn't have time uh, for a couple episodes in a row, so uh, that'll be back next week next week's episode we'll be back to having mm -hmm. mystery science theater so look forward to that uh this week though we have to rely yeah. on the, the although i do not remember which one i said we were going to do so i might have to roll that footage <laughs> i noted it down i can tell you may as well do oh, it yeah. now may as well do it now before we get going on this movie where did i note it down though <laughs> i put it on something zombie nightmare Zombie Nightmare. All right. There you go. <laughs> See, we're professional. We do this properly. Yeah. Um, look at you being all prepared. Except you didn't do the thing that you said you were going to do last week. <laughs> I was waiting for this. Okay. Last episode, <laughs> I might have said something along the lines of, hey, we've got a new Twitter account. We are at the Ace Podcast. And next time, I'll remember to make a version of the overlay where it's on the screen. And if I don't, Tara can make fun of me for it. I forgot to do it, okay? I forgot to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Next time. Next time. Next time. Uh, so yeah, Rhodey and Iron Man. Next time, right? That scene. <laughs> Right, except it wasn't him. Oh man, was... I think you just Terrence Howard yourself out of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Next week it'll be some other Scottish guy who looks nothing like me. Yeah. Um, so Ooh, anyway, maybe Gerard Butler wants to do it. <laughs> that hurts me. I'm way better than Gerard Butler. That that hurts me deeply. You could even have said, I don't know, who's a nice Scottish person. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally the only other person I could think of. <laughs> Uh, maybe Sean Connery maybe Sean Connery he's, he's, he's like 87 or something like that <laughs> I don't know what age he is but he's... yeah I don't know if that would be a step up anymore <laughs> uh, well yes Tara I watched I watched a sci-fi science fiction film yes I wasn't like a good Sean I can't I can't really do it people expect me to be able to do Sean Connery because I'm Scottish but nah. no everybody's got a Sean Connery impression Bond James Bond is that what that sounds like? James Bond. <laughs> My name is Sean Connery. I can't do it. I'm sorry. It, like, I mean, I imagine to some people it probably sounds close enough because they're not Scottish, but to anyone who's Scottish, that sounded terrible. That was not even remotely. I am the last one. <laughs> <laughs> My name I is Ramirez. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I'm going to do a Highlander line. My name is Ramirez, and I am a Spaniard. That is a line he has in that movie. <laughs> It's the first line he has practically in that movie. Anyway, and it turns out later he's actually an Egyptian pretending to be a Spaniard, which is not any better. Um, Oof. So, I've never seen The Highlander. Uh, oh, hey, it's sci-fi. Is it really? I always thought it was fantasy. Well, it, I guess it's kind of borderline, but it's like immortal beings who've been alive for a long time. This, I mean, the second one's set in a dystopian future, so I mean, it definitely goes into more sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> So, but I think it's close enough. I feel like we could do Hellender someday for for fun. Um, All right. With <laughs> starring Christopher Lambert, who has like nothing resembling an accent anyone else on earth has, who's supposed to be Scottish in that movie is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's from a long time ago, right? Scott. No. <laughs> no, that's not going to fly. Okay, I've never seen it. I don't know. No, no. I mean, yes, from a long time ago, but I mean, that, it doesn't justify the accent. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, the movie we're going to talk about this week, uh, now that we've successfully introduced the show for you know five ten minutes, is uh, well, honestly, honestly, I'm fine with a bit of banter. I think if if we're, if we're saying we're a podcast, not just a review show, I think a little bit of an intro is fine. I think a little bit of an intro. We have an intro section, we have the movie section, and then most weeks we'll have the mystery science theater section. I think to me that's what this show is now. Uh, sure and that's okay um yeah and just wait for the new addition to the screams after midnight uh uh what's the word i'm looking for oh my god oh my god like when you bring break a shot in segments you call that the not the schedule the the format the format of the show that's the word i'm looking for god damn it format sorry guys sorry anyway so the movie we're talking about this week is i am mother which is a netflix exclusive um i don't know if they necessarily funded it but they simply bought it and it stars hillary swank uh as well as i'm getting names here um as well as uh, the voice of rose Byrne as the robot uh, called mother and we'll get to that 
and then the the uh, main character really uh, daughter uh, yes it's, the characters are literally named mother daughter woman that's the three characters man that's like a netflix movie thing right because it wasn't that the like a bird box it was just boy and girl <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't hate this as, as, as like a rule. Like, I, I'm fine with some movies being like, because I actually love the idea of getting to the end of a movie and realizing that I never learned the main character's name. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like they'll say it in the final scene or something. And I'll be like, oh, shit. Like, that's actually kind of neat. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but, I, I don't think it, uh, I noticed it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we actually have uh, Luke Hawker playing Mother as actually the actor in the, the suit who's being the mm. robot. Uh, which makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, so, yeah, this is a movie set in a post-apocalyptic future. It's in like a big scientific bunker where a robot named Mother is raising a daughter who she never names. She's just daughter. And when she's of a teenage kind of age, um, that was a horrible sentence, but, you know, whatever. Um, you don't come here for, you know, cunning linguists. You know, <laughs> you come here for wacky banter and, uh, you know, shambles i guess <laughs> sure <laughs> what do you come here for Our dev reviews are not that in depth i guess oh. well they're not there's not a lot of research behind them it's just a lot of whatever we feel well yeah i i like to think we're decent enough though to actually analyze it a little bit and talk about things that but you know when when there's techniques used that are worth talking about when there's themes used that are worth talking about i think they're there so not all movies give it like sure. when we did stargate yeah, last week like behind the scenes stuff oh sure or... no of course not yeah um, but you know, with like Stargate last week, like I mean, I, I tried to analyze it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's hard with some movies, okay? Um, but you know, I saw the trailer for this movie a while ago, and it was kind of filling a lot of boxes for, or ticking a lot of boxes for me, just in premise. Like, okay, robot raising a child, uh, mysterious outsider comes in and kind of makes a question if the the robot's been telling the truth the whole time. Um, and that's kind of your movie it's like you know okay the world outside is like desolate at least that's what we believe and we kind of build up the world around it you know a little bit of 10 cloverfield lane maybe to compare it to something yeah i i thought of that movie quite a bit watching this one yeah um so yeah so i I, it was ticking my boxes in terms of concept uh, and the trailer looked okay uh, for what it was, it's hard. It's hard to tell from trailers sometimes because you 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 can make a, a a bad movie look good, you make a good movie look bad. You can do all these things with trailers. Sure, and I actually went into this movie totally blind. I didn't watch the trailer at all. Yeah. Um. So the only thing really going against it going into the movie, uh, is that it's a Netflix movie because <laughs> outside of one or two gems, and those gems for me would be the Babysitter, which was really good fun, and I would say. Uh, the fundamentals of caring starring paul rudd uh was really good didn't see either though (laughs) i recommend both um but those are those are the gems for me i can't necessarily think of anything else that i would call a gem like netflix have this quality there's some that are just outright terrible uh like uh open house or bright but for the most part netflix like original movies have this very like just okay quality to them where they're kind mm-hmm. of passable and they're not offensively the ones bad. that i've seen i agree they're they're about passable to terrible <laughs> yeah and like i feel there's so many of them that reach that just passable enough territory but they'll never like and you're watching them going there's nothing conceptually wrong with this movie but it's just not quite clicking there's just elements of it that don't work or you know whatever else i don't i don't know what to I don't know what it is that I can put my finger on, but it's there. There's like this inherent cheapness to it. 
mm. um, to the movies that I've seen. Yeah, and I've not seen the Andy Serkis Jungle Book movie. I assume that doesn't have that feeling because it was meant to be theater released and it was this huge. I did CGI. see that one actually. Did you? Yeah, I assume that didn't yeah. feel cheap. No, no, that one did not. Yeah, I mean the special effects alone, like <laughs> they were so good. Joe, Joe is frustrating to me. Well, actually, I'll save this for when we actually talk about the movie. <laughs> but yeah, the point being is that Netflix do have a great track record, so. You know, uh, something I like to say on some of the other shows we do, uh, particularly with Tim on the tw- uh, the Tales from the Crypt reviews, <laughs> is the idea of uh, there being a streak of bad things. And in this case, we're talking about a streak of bad or mediocre Netflix movies. And I say, did this one break the streak? <laughs> and so this is where I go to Tara to ask her uh, opinion. So Tara, did this? Did you enjoy? I am Mother. Um, I did enjoy it. It's still not much higher than mediocre to me, though. What about you? I'm really disappointed you didn't respond to that with "I am disappointed" or something to I that am effect. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I am disappointed now. Um, <laughs> it's something a mother would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in like a a mediocre place with it. It's conceptually again, like a lot of Netflix movies. Conceptually, I like the ideas it's playing with. And I yeah. actually really like the design of Mother. I think she looks like a really good robot. And from a, from an effects point of view, I think she always looks good. I, I think yeah, Mother... Yeah, I agree. I mean, she's mostly practical, right? Yeah, which is why she looks good. But there's some CGI on when she's getting assembled or whatever, and I thought that looked quite good as well. Um, mm-hmm. I like her design. I like that part of it. Um, some of the other effects later on in the movie are a bit more miss, you know, hit and miss <laughs> with... with how they look um I'm, yeah I, 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 we're not in spoilers yet obviously we always start spoiler free we'll give you warning else you know further down when we go into spoilers but um mm. i don't think it's a super spoiler to say that we do see some of outside at some point and i think once we see outside the effects feel a little bit cheaper because it just it looks really fake um f- for the majority of it yeah i'll agree with that it's it's still i have i have other issues with uh with that part of the film. Oh, sure. Yeah. That is more to do with plot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's spoiler territory, but I... Yeah, I, so I'll wait. But um, as far as the effects go, I, I mean, the effects were fine. I think overall, there's still that... There's still something about it that feels a bit cheap. That mm-hmm. I could see if another director had it, or... I don't know. Even, even like, the score really stood out as kind of amateur, or something. Like, something that would be in a television episode but not in a movie yeah the score the, sc- the score is again is fine like it, it has some nice yeah. enough moments but it's serviceable it's serviceable <laughs> <laughs> this is a show where we'll, re- we'll say the word serviceable and passable about 10 million times so i hope you're looking forward to that folks um so b- b- i guess basically what i'm saying is it did not break the streak it is a netflix movie if you want the short version of the review it's a netflix movie yeah, unfortunately, I think that's true. But it's, I do really like the science fiction elements of it. I like the story. Like you said, the, the plot is pretty good. Um, it is an interesting concept because the, the, it does go in twists and turns that I don't expect. And for the most part, like I was along with the ride of the mystery. Uh, I think the, the beginning, like the first half, is way better than the second half. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I... I... 
I think you actually kind of got the the right idea uh, a minute ago when you when you were saying like ways to make it not feel cheap, and you mentioned like a better director, a different director. I think the biggest thing that's making these Netflix movies feel so mediocre and passable, as opposed to actually good, is direction and writing. I I don't think it's down to the actual budgets because this, by its nature, is a low budget sci fi movie, and there have been many sci fi movies that I have loved that are set in one one. I mean, we we mentioned Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's not even got like mm-hmm. a sci fi set. That's just in a basement. That's like a dude's basement. Yeah. And that movie never feels like like amateurly cheap when you're watching it. it it just it feels like a professional film and location doesn't have to make something feel cheap it's how you shoot it it's how you use the location right it's, it's about atmosphere and this one has a as none <laughs> maybe yeah i guess so it's um well there's a little bit of something there but it, it reminds me of like a cw show or like a young adult mm. move, movie um and maybe Maybe they were going for that because the star is a teenager. But, uh, I don't know. But other Netflix movies have kind of that too, and that's not always the case. Yeah, I I, I think that the, the, the problem um, with it is, like, there, there is no atmosphere, like we say. It's very sterile, which can work in some sci-fi, science fiction. But I think the core conflict of, like, her questioning if mother is telling the truth or if this this stranger, this woman is telling the truth, uh, which I will probably refer to as Hilary Swank, just because it's weird saying women all over and over again. Yes, yeah. women said this. Women, women did this. Um, uh, daughter and mother are a bit easier, but women is just a bit <laughs> impersonal. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'll just I'll just say uh, Swank, uh, just so I can occasionally say things like she got swanked. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> they, oh, oh! I want to make a movie now called the Shosh Swank Redemption. You can't even say it. <laughs> can't make a movie if you can't say it. Shaw Swank Redemption. I, I want. I want the poster to be her, just like Tim Robbins, out in the rain, just be like, "Yes, Shaw Swank." <laughs> after, after climbing or crawling through a tube of shit. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, crawling through two miles of shit. <laughs> two miles of shit. Hey, it'd be more entertaining than this movie, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this movie is that bad. I think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's, um, I actually did kind of enjoy it, but it's, uh, I, I do like the concept. I like, um, you know, I am kind of terrified of <laughs> the future of AI <laughs> because enough movies that I've watched have told me that that is the appropriate response. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, sure. Um, um and uh, I think it is a cool idea, I, but I couldn't help but compare it a little bit to to the movie High Life that we were watching also. I no, I did too uh, recently on the show. Specifically, the the raising of a kid on their own, like in this like cut off, yeah. you know. In that case, it was and a I was ship. I'm trying but... to think, like while I was watching it, how much if I would like the movie more if it was shot the same way as High Life was, because High Life, mm. although it was low budget. And like really art housey had a lot of atmosphere. Oh yeah, like, the, and, the, like that movie had problems that we didn't love. But the best thing, the thing that never faltered, was how it looked, kind of visually, kind of like, if not stunning, although sometimes it was stunning. At the very least, it always felt like it had a style. It always felt like yeah, the director had a had a vision for this moment. And you know, whether or not, yeah. and I think it was the story and the characters that maybe let it down a little bit in that case. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Mm. But the. Uh, but if I were to watch 
the same movie, but with that kind of style in it. Like if I would like it more, if that was the thing that was bothering me. And I think overall, like I still have issues, like I said, with the ending, but I do think that the style of the film really makes me not connect with it the way I should, yeah, the way I want to. No, I agree. The direction is kind of lukewarm, like the movie itself. Hey, lukewarm. Another word that means passable or serviceable. Lukewarm. Um, <laughs> do, Damn it, Netflix. <laughs> do, I, I think the biggest problem for me is the core conflict. And some of this I can't talk about till spoilers, but I will say... I don't think it's actually because I what I was expecting from this is someone who is, is sitting down to watch a science fiction film, and one of the things that I love about science fiction is the tough questions that are raised. And I don't, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought that this movie was going down a path where, like, her picking who she believed, or like the idea that both of them there were shades of right and wrong in both sides, and she had to make a choice. And maybe the idea that a human being making this choice is something that a robot can't do because it's not just black and white is kind of where they were maybe going with it. But that's not really where it goes. It makes it a lot more just one side is pretty evil <laughs> and one side is shades of grey but not as evil. And that that like that's kind of just where it goes. And it feels more clear cut than it should be. And I never really felt... Because even though the final ending, which again we'll save for spoilers, even though it does introduce kind of an element of like ambiguity or like, you know, reasoning in the middle, most of the film doesn't feel that way. And for me, I feel like you could have had a gut-wrenching kind of, like, like thesis on the human condition and how humans decide to do things by having her, like, having to choose between essentially no right or wrong answers. And that would have been fascinating. Yeah. And instead, it doesn't really do that. It's just very quick. No, like... it doesn't... It, it doesn't feel like it's willing to be daring or, like, bold and... To make a stance like that. No, yeah. It's got nothing to say. It doesn't have anything to say as a movie. And which is a problem yeah. for science fiction, <laughs> I think. It's and don't get me wrong, not that I don't enjoy some science fiction movies that don't have anything to say. I mean, go check out our bonus Patreon episode for Judge Dredd. I, I have a blast with that stupid movie. <laughs> but like it's you know, like I don't think that helps my argument at all, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like no, like I, I think it's that, that that's that, that i mean it would be different if it was fun like I, like i don't like because we compared it to 10 cloverfield lane which i'm sure we'll do someday on this show but i like that movie i don't think that movie has really anything to say it's just a really good thriller right oh yeah totally and, and this movie could maybe work in that level where it's just a really good thriller but i don't think it is and that's where the direction is letting it down that's where the direction and the, the pacing of the scenes and maybe how the information unfolds where the characters learn things doesn't quite add up mm-hmm. you know so yeah um, on a more positive note, I I don't know the girl, but I thought she was really good. She, yeah, she she had charisma. She she maintained. Um, yeah, she basically. I mean, it was her and the voice of Rose Byrne for so much that she basically had to carry it. And you know, for a young <clears throat> actress who I've never seen before, she, I thought she did a pretty good job. She had to do a lot of different emotions, and I bought it. Do you know what it feels like? It feels like we're watching a mediocre episode of TV, but there's an actor on that show that's clearly destined for maybe bigger things. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Um. And this is not. This is also a good TV show, admittedly, uh, that I'm going to bring up. It was a spin-off, of course, to the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But there's an episode in season oh. one, season one of Angel, uh, where Jeremy Renner, a young Jeremy Renner, has a has a guest starring role, and. 
especially since I've seen it, the episode, so I can't remember if he was particularly good or bad, but I'm just in the sense where that episode, I don't remember being that great an episode, but he was clearly obviously going to go on to do, you know. Oh, really? Jeremy Renner really things. It. Yeah. Because, because, well, I mean, Jeremy Renner, right? He's the Hurt Locker and uh, everything else he's done recently. Avengers. <laughs> Avengers. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to use that as like a, a, an acting tour de force though, right? Like, yeah I'll, I'll there was a time where hollywood was like no jeremy renner is going to be your next leading man <laughs> like they just kept trying to force it down our throats do you remember do you remember born legacy do you remember that i movie? didn't even bother <laughs> i i didn't see it in theaters i saw it eventually and it was just so forgettable and bland and i got really? kind of excited about the the one after that because they you know it was it was damon and it was greengrass the director came back because I love, I mean, I enjoyed the first Bourne movie, but I really liked Supremacy and Ultimatum. I really liked those two movies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, they're back. And it ended up being an old dud. And I was like, yeah, just leave this alone. Like, because yeah. Ultimatum had a good ending, like for the trilogy. It was like, no, this is a good ending. This is a sure. nice, uplifting ending. And then now we have to have all I've these... seen them all, but I don't really remember them. The only one I haven't seen is the one with Jeremy Renner. I just kind of skipped it. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you, you didn't miss much, um, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't mind. I I like Jeremy Renner well enough, you know. Oh, the Hurt Locker is incredible, and he's incredible in it. So yeah, you you have to cast him the right role. I think the problem some people make with Jeremy Renner is like he's not the wisecracking hero who's a leading man. Uh, but his Hawkeye, where he's kind of off to the side and he's kind of this really, you know, like his sense of humor is different. But when you utilize yeah. it properly, it works. Um. Anyway, what we talk about this movie though? We were t- talking about uh, uh, the actress being being pretty good to great. Yeah, I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And um, I kept i I couldn't pin the voice of of mother for the entire film until the credits. Isn't Rose Byrne? Isn't she like Australian or British or something? Uh, I think she's Australian. If you need to bring yeah. her up. Um. Actually, here's, She's here's, great in an American accent. <laughs> here's a fun story about how I discovered Rose Byrne. So, um, huh? I used to go to the theater a lot, like multiple times in one day, because I, I when I went to the theater in the city, I, I had like a card that would let me see as many movies as I want. Uh, it was just like a membership, uh, so I didn't pay for movies like individually. I just paid, you know, whatever a month, and I would still have it today if I, if it wasn't such a pain to travel there because I'm not there for any other reason now, but. Mm-hmm. I, I went to see uh i often went to see two movies back to back something uh, hell some days I, I saw three um and uh, you know because i have that one day off free to do anything i was like yeah i'll just go see some movies um so in the in the morning before uh the the main film i was there for that day i thought oh i'll try this horror movie that's out and there was a, maybe a little bit of buzz for it and it was insidious uh, a movie which oh yeah for the record i actually really love i love insidious one um me too it's such a blast that movie that movie's just so obsessed with having fun with all of its concepts and it just it, it, you know it goes oh in yeah the, and it became like a full-on haunted house film at the end it was great yeah i loved it i love insidious one um and two is not great but i still enjoy it and i actually think three is a pretty solid standalone sequel so you're ranting off of your i know your, i know rambling off from your ramble so I go know. back yes go back <laughs> that's that that's this is the experiment all right this is the experiment <laughs> anyway uh so Rose Barnes in that movie, and I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed Insidious a lot, and I thought she was she was solid in it. And the movie I saw after that, uh, that was that was out at the same time, was X Men First Class. And I got to see X Men First Class, 
and she's in that movie and she the, the scene early on is that she's like infiltrating like uh, the hellfire club so she kind of like dresses up kind of sexually and goes in and i was sitting going she looks familiar what have i seen her in <laughs> like i shit you not i was literally sitting the whole movie going i've seen her in something and i couldn't figure out what it was it wasn't until i got home and checked like imdb because i, I didn't know her well enough to like recognize her name in the credits i was like holy shit she was literally just in the same two movies i watched back to back yeah i think i think bridesmaids might have been that same year too and she was in that mm. like she just kind of appeared in everything all at once I, I think she was known for a tv show that was wasn't like super big but people liked it a lot uh, called damages with glenn close she was like the other main character mm. in that um i thought it was good i never saw, i've never seen it but i never saw it yeah but no i was just interested that's my roseborn story is that i she was in movies that i watched back to back and i was sitting going the second <laughs> one going i've seen her somewhere before what was she in? Well, I mean, if, as far as the character of Mother goes, with her voice performance, it was a very, like, like you felt the empathy and the, the love, like, that she was supposed to give to the daughter character. And um, I thought it was, a, it was an interesting choice because, I don't know, I guess I was expecting something a bit more, I hate to use the term robotic, but <laughs> sort of, and... Because uh, we got her with her, with her voice acting. I thought we got a uh, a decent character out of Mother. Like she was a good. I don't want to say like. Uh, I don't want to say anything other than character because I don't want to spoil anything. Oh sure, like... yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of movies, this reminded me of like we're talking about uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, a little bit of High Life. Uh, it's hard not to get a little bit of Moon as well in this. Yeah. Um, so you know there's a lot of makeup and i think that's maybe the other problem with it is that i mean i love the idea of like setting a whole movie in like a a a futuristic bunker like in the post-apocalypse and there's a robot like i love that but the problem Mm -hmm. is is that this this feels so derivative of like multiple and it's obviously i mean it couldn't have like intentionally copied high life in any way of course it couldn't because that just came out but um you know it just it feels like the sci-fi ideas in this like have been done to death in a lot of like movies a lot of tv shows and the problem is, is that this like i get like i said earlier has nothing to say about it really it, it feels like it's just going through the motions of like what you expect from this story yeah i guess i mean there's a little bit of like nature versus nurture in there um that's more of a spoiler conversation though I, I will say though, I will say when I saw the trailer, uh, I kind of like got all snooty and I was like, well, I wonder, I wonder if uh, Hilary Swank will turn out to be her real mother because they look a lot alike. I wonder if that'll <laughs> happen. Uh, t- and this is not a spoiler because the opening of the movie shows you her being her, her being created from, from embryo form. So we know exactly that she did not come from Hilary Swank. <laughs> like, yeah. We know that from the start of the movie. It's, it's not So right away the movie was like, no, that, that twist you thought was really obviously going to happen didn't happen. So I'll give it credit there that they didn't go down that route. But um, well. I never watched the trailer, so I didn't know. Yeah, but I, I got all snooty. I got all snooty. I was like, well, <laughs> I bet this is going to happen. Was that over trailer talk? Uh, Probably. <laughs> <laughs> pro- pro- yeah, it was, it was either on the stream or when we used to do trailer talk as a show. I don't, I don't know which one it was, but whatever one. Um, I got really snooty about it. Uh, yeah. Um, so like I say, it's lacking... It's like in dry. It's like it's basically a full two hours long, almost. It's like an hour fifty something, and 
I, th- I think it could be cut down. I, I think the it, mm-hmm. it, it drags quite a bit in places. Um, it's it's lacking urgency. Uh, yeah. Plus, it kind of has a moment where you think it ends, and then it has this whole other plot added on to it at the end. And you're like, oh, we're going to keep going? Okay. It does feel <laughs> a bit long. <laughs> yeah, we, we could have been done like 20 minutes ago. Maybe 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know. I know exactly the moment you're talking about. So I, I think without further ado, uh, we will give the spoiler warning and we could talk about the plot and where things went and you know what we liked and didn't like about it. Uh, so full spoilers for I Am Mother. I am about to spoil things. Uh, so, oh, come on, that was a great joke. Um, so, uh, where do you begin with a spoiler? I guess one, one of the first things that happens when... Throughout the early montage of the movie, we see daughter being raised, right? And she has like school lessons with a robot. Mm-hmm. She has exercise and dance routines. She watches like the Tonight Show from years ago. There's like you know, there's like kind of like uh, stock. I wonder why they decided on the Tonight Show of all things to watch. I imagine. I imagine that somehow the like. This is the thing, it can't be a Netflix thing, because Netflix don't own the rights to the Tonight Show. I, I wonder if it was just, like, the cheapest one to get <laughs> out of all the, like, the famous talk shows. Maybe. I mean, there are new people every single day, so she gets to see more, you know, examples of humanity, but they're all celebrities. I, I think it would have been funnier for me if she, like, was watching The Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a little glass tablet. Um yeah um but anyway so we uh we get this sort of montage and like they have this caring relationship where mother is like kind of motherly for lack of a better word to her and so and she's told that she can never go outside because it's dangerous there's a contagion blah blah, blah. but then one day there's banging at the door and in comes hilary swank and you know daughter's very hesitant with her um and hilary swank is like you know like she she brings her in and she has to hide her and she like like she's got like a a mask on and, and she's like you have to put that you have to put this hazmat suit on to come in because you might be you know contaminated and she's like yeah it's not safe to breathe out so there's a contagion and she's like who told you that like kind of thing uh, and one of the first things we learn is that when hilary swank eventually realizes there's a there's a droid in the in the building in the in this base she gets really scared and we mm-hmm. find out that up top droids kill humans like there's and they look exactly like mother the exact same you know model and everything like they up top like that's what she claims shot her that they're up, up there because she's wounded when she gets you know comes in um so so that's the first big wrench and things it's like okay so it's like a, a, a an ai apocalypse it wasn't just like you know climate change or like nuclear war or or, or whatever it was yeah, it's it a bit Skynet. It's just bit Skynet. Yes, let's keep comparing it to other movies that are better. Uh, <laughs> or the Matrix. <laughs> uh, oh, Matrix. Yeah, I feel, I feel like at least with that one, it's like okay, that's more cyberpunk and like you know digital and. Sure, whatever. but it's uh, erase humanity or use humanity to its a different potential. <laughs> sure, sure. So Mother's thing is like she's been told to. Like basically, save humanity because a lot of embryos, right? It's kind of kind of like you know in, in sci-fi movies where the spaceship will have a lot of human embryos so they can repopulate another planet or something like that, right? The idea that they can repopulate Earth, but she's told to 
or we learn at the end of the film that she's tried like daughter's not the first daughter there's been several failures that she's cremated because they've not turned out you know good enough and the idea being that she's trying to raise like the best type of human because humans are in some way to blame for the apocalypse and it's like no no i have to make a perfect race of humans and i'm, I'm really trying to dance around the phrase master race here because it's hard not to you know think <laughs> think of that type of idea when we're talking about but it's basically to a robot what the perfect human being is and then have all the human beings live up to those standards is essentially right. what she's trying to do um and this is you know horrifying at the end and you know Sure. It's kind of the scary thing about, you know, AI anyway, where it's where it, we can develop a computer so smart that we can ask it to cure cancer in all humans. And, you know, you never know how it's going to interpret a direction like that. So maybe its method of curing cancer of all humans is just to exterminate all humans. No more humans, no more cancer. So you know something like that so i can, could see this premise kind of stemming from something like that can i can i make you feel a little bit better because you're, you're clearly very upset and like scared about this uh, i think <laughs> the obvious solution to this is to not let the computer just enact whatever its plan is like have it tell you its plan and then give you the key to turn it on <laughs> sure you think there are obvious solutions but this can get out of hand <laughs> i mean once once you design an AI to be sentient, then it's out of your control. <laughs> it is terrifying. <laughs> we should I, all be very afraid right now. <laughs> I, I love how scared of this you are. Um, don't worry, no one's going to come up and be all Sarah Connor and shoot you. Don't worry, that's not going to happen, right? It's not happening. Um, although now I've got a, maybe a mailed fantasy of someone coming up to Connor and going, Connor! <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different movie <laughs> it's a very different movie <laughs> why they try to kill connor uh i don't know maybe his kids like the one who causes the apocalypse like i could buy that <laughs> <laughs> the ginger oculus yeah no, no, no it down. i don't like this movie that's a movie idea <laughs> no, no it down um <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, so Mother's whole thing, right? It's not a terrible concept on its own. It's not. No, I don't think so. Uh, the the problem is, though, is that, like, like I say, go back to the, the core conflict of, like, you know, you think it's going down this path where it's going to be this difficult choice, and there's a point where daughter like is it like being being convinced in both sides, and, you know, computer said, you know, or mother says, sorry, mother's like, oh, you know, the stranger lies because the bullet that's in her in her stomach is the same bullet that comes from her gun. So someone shot her with that gun or the same type of gun. A human did right, it, right? So it wasn't a gun that robots use. It's a gun that humans use. So a human shot her. Yeah. And then Hilary Swanks, you know, the swanker, the swankinator, uh, she is like, well, did you see the bullet yourself or did the computer just tell you that? And she's like, hmm. So she she actually sneaks into like the the lab where the the, the bullet is and uh, like gets them out and they don't they don't match at all you know it, it just it proves that mother lied and yeah. from that point on the movie just kind of treats mother like a horror movie villain to a point you know for, for the next chunk of the movie there's very <laughs> little kind of like debate or like oh maybe she lied for this reason that's like you know it's a good reason or maybe she lied for this reason which is a good reason um 
there's nothing really like that because because once she finds that there's like bones in like a crematorium you know there's like a skeleton like part of a skull of like children yeah it's like there's no re- jar. there's no redeeming mother at this point to the audience it's like okay maybe in a cold hard like logic theory way she was trying to like you know build a better version of humanity that wouldn't screw everything up but like it doesn't matter you you were cremating children for not being good enough like at this point you are just the villain of the movie yeah and there's no coming back well, from it that. comes up later too with the with the girl because she's been wanting a brother or a sister for a long time and she finally gets one and then when you know he when he is born in a way and mother calls him perfect and and you know the daughter says what if he's not perfect? <laughs> yeah, what if he isn't? Then, you know, what's going to happen to him? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it does set up that idea early on, at least. But mm-hmm. it just it doesn't have that, that core moral debate because it's just clearly wrong. There's no, there's no, like, you know, weighing up pros and cons here. It's just one is very wrong. <laughs> and that's yeah, just that. Like, you know, so it, it Although may- they do set up early that uh, as far as, moral morals go in the term in the eyes of the robot is that it's the um i'm just going to quote this from the hit television show star trek the original series but it's the, the needs of the many, of the many yeah, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i knew you were going with that i knew you were getting your reference in <laughs> yeah 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 at one point <laughs> and to, to be fair to be fair that was actually the hit film, Star Trek uh, to the Rapid They don't Can. actually say it in the show. They say it in the movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> Based on the hit television show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how I do it with Angel. See? Easy. Easy. You just, you just need to connect it to the hit television show. That's all you do. Um, now, I, like, actually, can we mention here briefly that uh, I, I kind of laughed at the start of the movie because literally the way that they make a baby from an embryo is they, they essentially have like a birthing microwave. They put the embryo in this microwave, this, this little dome, and it's like just it just waits for it to cook. Yeah, it takes only like twenty four hours to do. Yeah, yeah. Pregnancy, folks, <laughs> it's easier in the future. We're all dead, but the pregnancies are easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear. Um. So. I think that's my big problem with it is that there's no there's just a clear right and wrong and it it, it kind of ruins the movie and I think it could still work in that way um if if there was a really interesting arc for mother herself to learn that part of humanity is that they can make mistakes and the part of humanity is that you can't just be perfect all the time and you could argue at the ending because she kind of lets herself be destroyed to get to give um a daughter a chance to kind of start fresh with the, with new people and like sort of build civilization herself and let a human do it she kind of does that at the end but i don't think the movie earned or justified her ma- like mother making that choice i think no not at all she just kind of <laughs> does it out of nowhere like you know like daughter convinces her and i think we're supposed to buy that mother does genuinely kind of love her and that's why she chooses to just go along with it but like if, if you weren't going to give me the interesting moral debate the interesting thing might have been okay, mother actually learns, like, you know, Terminator 2 style almost, right? Or or iRobot style, whatever. They learns some level of humanity by the end and understands that it can't just be this. But not only that, it's even implied at the end. And I, She tries to logic out of, argue her though, like into, she does the, uh, like the Kirk thing where you convince it to destroy itself because it's 
not perfect. <laughs> what what show was Kirk on, Tara? Oh, that's the hit television show, Star Trek: The Original Series. I've already done it. Do I have to do it both times? You don't have I don't to, but I, I enjoy. If I, if I can do like multiple Buffy references in a in a show, I'll happily do it. <laughs> All right, two points. <laughs> okay. Um, like that that would be interesting although i, I know the episode you're referring to for the record yeah where he outlogics the computer unit must die <laughs> yeah you know like like that would be an interesting thing and again we're, we're bringing up other movies and stuff where we've seen this kind of arc happen with the with the robot but i i think it just kind of comes out of nowhere at the end and it just it has no weight to it it feels it feels too tame yeah it, like it feels like an easy ending and it's it doesn't have any balls behind it I, 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 yeah ev- everything about the ending even the way it ends with like daughter getting into like the embryo room and just being it's like a close-up of her face like yeah i'm going to restart humanity so she looks right at the camera for the ending and i think the other thing that hurts it as well is that and this was so unnecessary but at the end in the last act it's heavily kind of hinted at or implied that mother's actually the leader of all the robots so you know there's a whole section of the movie where she goes well she is the robots like it's all one program it's all one ai system okay sure yeah okay that's maybe a better way of phrasing it yeah um so even though she that's why i'm a little confused like when she dies and she says it doesn't matter if i die because or if you kill me because i'm still everywhere i remember when we talked about that in the the uh wandering earth film <laughs> we were talking about how uh the the astronaut like defeats the e- the evil ai by throwing um alcohol <laughs> burning bottle of alcohol onto uh the robot and you're like well, wouldn't it just still be in the system i think and that's what they address in this movie they're like well sure you can kill the robot but i'm an ai system so i'm still going to be everywhere I think to try and defend that all this is still really stupid because any AI system should should have itself and all the others um, is they do have a line earlier on where she mentions if that bullet had been like two inches to the right, it would have hit my CPU. So I think the implication there is that this is kind of the, the, the pardon the phrase, the mother unit that actually houses the, the AI. I mean, I guess, but she was also still lying to her at that point. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we should talk about the whole section of the movie where she does actually escape with Hilary Swank. Uh, and they, they travel through these giant-ass, like, cornfields. That, and I was really questioning at this point, like, why are the robots harvesting all this, like... Food? Food, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they're expecting humanity to come back and they're just prepping for it, but, uh, like, corn doesn't keep... We do love our corn. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't keep forever, though, right? Like, <laughs> like... Well, no, but um, Hilary Swank does say that she that the air used to be almost unbreathable because there weren't any plants, and okay. now it's gotten a lot better. But yeah, so it turns out Hilary Swank was lying to her because she kept saying she lived in a cave with all these other people, but it turned out all the people went crazy and like started killing each other, so she had to escape. And again, I thought maybe it could go interesting places where here's the bad side of humanity, but this is why, you know, ultimately to Mother, you have to convince mm-hmm. her, like, no, we have to take a chance because... This is how life develops and evolves. We can't just be perfect all the time. Uh, and Hilary Swank uh, just wants to stay in her cargo crate. Uh, 
Although there is like an implication at the end that mother goes to kill her because she never comes back with her. Yeah. So I, what I read was that, or read from that scene was that Hillary Swank is, um, that's why they look so alike is that she is one of the clones or one of the embryos, one of the early ones because mother let her go out so that she can be raised by humans so that, there's an example of what happens when you let, um, when you're raised by humans versus I... ra- being raised by mother. And that's why she says you don't serve a purpose anymore. And then she kills her. I... But I didn't like that part. <laughs> I just going to say it right now. Like, it seems very uh, convenient. It feels very tight. That she on. would have her there for that moment. Yeah. How, also, how does she. Like, she ever remembers anything like this? Like, at no point is... Well, I think the implication is that she let... Mother let um, Swank's clone go when she was a baby, when she was an infant, to be raised by humans. So that you get that contrast of, like, I guess, uh, nature versus nurture, because she should be the same as daughter. No. Like they they both have the same potential, except that one was raised by humans and therefore ended up, you know, being devious and a terrible person, and the other one was raised by mother and is the perfect human being. This, I mean, this is making some amount of sense that this is what we're trying to do. Now you're explaining it to me. I'll be honest. I don't know what it says about me like losing interest and not paying as much attention, or the movie just <laughs> not being very good at getting these ideas across. But it never even occurred to me that that's. I thought she was just coming coming to kill her out of revenge for, for for taking for taking her for taking her. Yeah, that's all I thought it was. Um, now you're saying that 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 line. Yeah, you serve no purpose. That's the giveaway, I suppose. But I don't know know if that's enough. Like there was no like dramatic beat to it where I was like. or you know whatever yeah i mean i kind of had that moment of okay so she is from mother as well she's also an embryo that's why she looks just like the girl Mm. like they really do look alike um and i but um i didn't like it still (laughs) also actually i'm thinking about it wasn't this after the other one got shot so technically it does confirm that mother is around she's still out there yeah yeah so I, I guess that makes that previous conversation null and void, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't really like this ending very much. No, it's far too easy and convenient. It's, not too, it's, it's very toothless. It, and it, it kind yeah. of it, it sums up the feeling of the movie as a whole, where it doesn't really have a whole lot to say, and it doesn't have any urgency, and the ending feels the same way. And when the ending just kind of confirms that it had nothing to really like go on or do, it just makes the whole thing feel a bit eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's, it's not painful to watch. It's not the worst thing ever, but oh no no. At the same time, I though, like I, I'm I'm almost getting more frustrated watching movies like this because at least a bad movie like has a lot of dumb shit in it that I can maybe make fun of, or it has a lot of what you know, like that this that these types of movies where they're so in the middle and they're just so serviceable and nothing more. They're actually more frustrating in a way because. Like you can see I know, how what do you have to say about him? Yeah, like <laughs> there's no like real big ideas in this either that we can really break down. I mean, unless we just miss them. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I, I think like what we were saying, we were hoping it would become is kind of still the themes that it's playing with. It just it's in a really 
mediocre script that doesn't feel really thought out and then the direction doesn't like elevate it in any way so. yeah i think there's too many twists in the film yeah i, I agree with that i i think it needed to be a little bit simpler uh yeah. and i also as much as i like seeing some of the the bigger robots like try to break in like this is another thing like i wanted to love this this moment where she's trying to convince mother and like the army of robots are breaking in to like mm-hmm. you know save her basically save the mother um or at least well, not even save her but just stop the the insubordinate you know daughter um and you've got these big tank like crab tank things that come in and they're like breaking down the door with lasers or whatever and i'm like i want to be excited with this like ticking time clock the idea that she has to convince the computer before these big army of robots get to her like that, that, that there's something in that concept right and i'm sure it's been done a hundred times and yeah, I mean, it is. It's a ticking time clock. But I feel nothing from it. I felt <laughs> absolutely nothing. And I should be excited by big robots. But part of the problem is, is that cutting to the big robots outside means we see the outside again. And the robots look all right. The mechanical things look all right in the CG. It's the background. It's the, it's the, it's the fog. It's the, the mm. fake trees in the background. It's it's all just this green screen i mean not with the uh the robots because with the robots i'm sure it's just all cg but you know when the humans you know when swank and the girl were out uh it looked like constant just green screen work uh in a really yeah. obvious way and it, just, it felt really cheap and tight it, it felt like a star wars prequel let's call it what it is <laughs> i kid um i don't know i think the star wars prequels have more atmosphere than that i think it's more it's almost like a video game cutscene. Well, from like, I can uh, see that. I can I can see that. Although I would debate that that's exactly how I think the Star Wars prequels feel. It feels like they're just walking against video game cutscenes a lot of the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while for me. <laughs> it's been a while for me, but some pain, some pain never leaves you, Tara. Right? <laughs> some pain never leaves you. You may have, you know, like. The, the, the first time you stubbed your toe right you'd probably remember that maybe not you because you're oh, ancient yeah but... i mean i remember how much i had that toe stubbing feeling watching revenge of the sith <laughs> <laughs> oh the, the first time you, you broke a bone if you ever did i mean i, I haven't actually yeah but um bones are steel just once oh wait twice <laughs> <laughs> see you forgot the second one but you didn't forget the first one <laughs> the first one was was worse yeah absolutely absolutely um so i remember that pain that was star wars prequels attack of the clones <laughs> is one of the most boring movies i have ever sat through and i will maintain it as one of the most boring things i've ever seen <sighs> you know we're gonna have to watch them on this show Oh, no, 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 we don't. Come on. I mean, it's classic science fiction. We have to do it. Cla- don't you don't, don't you dare call them classic, Tara. The Star Wars? Yeah. The original <laughs> Star Wars? Yes. I'm not, Don't you call Attack of the Clones classic science fiction. You, you secure that shit right now. I hate to break it to you, but the whole franchise is considered one big thing. Piss off. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm not having this. I'm not having this insubordination. Well, watch it in the correct order. (laughs) Which is like release order, right? Yes. Okay, just checking. (laughs) 
Just making sure. Oh, God. Do we really have to do Star Wars movies on this show? I don't think we do. do of we? course we do. Everyone's going to expect it. Oh. <laughs> you know, I don't. We have like a big master list of all the films that we're supposed to do. I don't think we have Star Wars even listed on there. <laughs> By design. We have to do it. Like, it goes without saying. No, 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 no. It's not on the master list. We don't have to do it. <laughs> it will be tonight. <laughs> I'll delete it. It's fine. Every, every time Tara puts it on the list, I'm just going to sneak in later and be like, nope. It's on my master list. Right up here. <laughs> uh, yes. Tara's like mother. She's, she's a computer. Just got, got it all inside. <laughs> We should have started this show by going, I am Peter. And you could have went, I am Tara. And we're going to talk I about, I am Mother. <laughs> and Unison. We could say that last part in Unison. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Um, what else is there to talk about in this movie? Is there anything else? Have we covered the, the gist of it? Yeah. I mean, I think we ran out of words for mediocre a while ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some truth in that. What do you think of Hilary Swank in general? Oh, I don't know. She's kind of disappeared for a while. I was actually surprised to see her in this movie because <laughs> I, I hadn't seen her in anything in a while. But I always thought she was great. I am. Um, I I don't think I've seen a lot of her of her bigger things. What's funny is that me and Tim on Screams actually, uh, just in the last month or so. We did uh, The Gift, the 2000 Sam Raimi film, and she's in that. She's got a smallish role in The Gift. Uh, she plays uh, Keanu Reeves' wife, and he's like a really abusive asshole in that. You know, he's, he's got <laughs> That doesn't sound like a Keanu Reeves role. No, it's not. This is the most un-Keanu Reeves thing. He's a, he's a redneck. He's doing a southern accent. He's got a confederate flag on his truck. Like, he's, this is <laughs> so not Keanu Reeves. That said, though... <laughs> It's the only thing I can think of from that kind of part of his career where he has the long hair and the beard. So he actually had the John Wick kind of look, <laughs> despite the fact that he was a redneck. Um, but uh, she was in that, and I just think it's funny because that would have been, you know, pretty early on in her career, Swank. And, like, she's, you know, our youngest that I've probably seen her in in that movie. I'm sure she's been in stuff before that, but I can't think of anything. Uh, and then to do this, like, a month later where she's, like, you know, present-day Hilary Swank. Um, who's not ancient by any means. She's not, like, an old woman, but... No. But, you know, it's, it's a 20-year difference, almost. It's 19 years. So it's just kind of funny to see a jump from that to this. <laughs> yeah, I liked her. I mean, I liked her in the uh, the boxy movie, Million Dollar Baby. Boys uh, Don't Cry. And that's really about all I remember watching her in. I've seen Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> she kind of just disappeared. Yeah, I've seen Million Dollar Baby. I've never seen uh, Boys Don't Cry. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. And I mean, I remember it being good. I don't know if it holds up as well. And for wrestling fans, I'll just say everyone's got a price for the million dollar baby. <laughs> um, I'm not a wrestling fan. I know you're not, but I had to make my joke. There used to be a wrestler called the Million Dollar Man. And oh. his, his, his theme music was pretty memorable. Uh, had an evil laugh. It was great. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm still lost. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so... Yeah, Hilary Swank, I don't... I feel like the the most memorable thing about Hilary Swank, and I hate saying this, is the episode of The Office where they're arguing if Hilary Swank is hot or not. And it's like this, <laughs> it becomes this, like, civil war in The Office uh, for yeah, and against. Yeah, 
And I, I, I always remember the, the, the moment that always made me laugh the most is when Ke- Kevin, the, you know, if you, remember, if you don't know the office, Kevin is the, the big guy, right? The big fat guy in the office, uh, where he's on Team Hot and then someone points out, no, no, no. The, the, the question was, is she hot? Not would you do her? And then he switches sides. <laughs> I, I always remember that. Well, clearly the answer is yes, she's hot. <laughs> I, I am not going to lower myself to <laughs> to take part in that debate. I am a classy broad, and I will not be doing it. <laughs> I am not, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I said, <laughs> do you know what the sad part is? is I, I think like that, like it's the sort of thing that I see offices getting up to is having like debates on people's attractiveness. Is writer is insensitive as that maybe. I guess when it comes to celebrities, it's like yeah, celebrities get judged like this all the time. So I guess you just expect yeah. it. Um, what's weird about that though is it's on TV, and I'm like, how are I swank mate? See this, <laughs> I know. and we actually feel a bit self conscious that there's a debate going on about whether or not she's attractive. <laughs> I wonder if she's ever commented about it. I bet there's an interview somewhere. It's like, hey, did you ever see that episode of The Office? I'm like. Everyone always asks me about this. <laughs> Everyone always asks. Yeah. Well, in case she's, uh, you know, looking this up too. Yes, Hillary Swank, you are a beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> There's no debate. <laughs> well, you're all right. <laughs> I feel, I feel weird talking about attractiveness. Like, I feel like, like. Tara like will always bring up like actors or characters she thinks is hot or whatever, and I just don't feel I feel weird doing it. I feel I feel like I'm being a pig, so I just don't do it. I mean, I, I like beautiful people, and Hollywood does too. So <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah, I, feel, I, feel I can comment. Sometimes I do. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think I'm I'm equal, you know. <laughs> Equal, equal in what sense? Like in terms of like the number. But of... I have a diverse taste of beauty. Like uh, Hillary Swank is clearly beautiful. I've said that. Uh, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown is also cute, beautiful. <laughs> right, get 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 to William Riker. Come on. <laughs> oh get, yeah. Let's get William to him. Riker was like my first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's what a man looks like. <laughs> okay. All right. This is what we've devolved into. We've devolved into Tara's dream list. All right. Yep. <laughs> Start with Hellish Fine. After Dark. <laughs> yeah. Bounce chicken. Wow, wow. <laughs> I am so sweaty right now. And not because we're talking about who's hot. Like, just for the record. Like, I'm just. I know. It's because we brought up Will Riker. <laughs> that happens to me, too. <laughs> I, will, I will say, you know, I feel like. I feel like the modern media does not appreciate a a hairy man, and I I just I just want to say that in Star Trek: Next Generation, they bask in the hairy chest of William Riker, and as a hairy chested mm-hmm. man, I feel empowered by that basking. So mm-hmm. I can't even be mad at the Riker love because Riker is especially <laughs> not so much season one Riker. I'm looking forward to the beard because beard and hairy chest Riker is like my spirit animal peak Riker. It, it's he's he's there for the the bearded hairy men out there and i can appreciate that i can appreciate mm. that 
And let's be honest, it's hard to be infatuated with any of the female characters on Next Generation because Troy's annoying. Tasha was <laughs> little Tasha. Uh, Tasha's and, partier. And Beverly Crush was all right for for. But, you know, I mean, she's. I think of her as a mum character. She's not. You know, I'm not. I'm not enamored with with. Beverly yeah, Crusher. she doesn't have a lot of great episodes, unfortunately. Yeah. They just really didn't know what to do with the women on that show. Unlike the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where several female characters are giving fantastic arcs. And like the lead? Like the lead, for example. But not just the lead. That's the beauty of it. It's not just the lead. Cordelia gets a great arc over the years. Willow gets a phenomenal arc over the years. Uh, amongst mm. others. But those are the first. Those are the main ones they're there from the start that really stick out. Um, you know, fantastic arcs. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I guess what I'm saying you is you haven't gotten to Deep Space Nine yet. Some good women characters in that show. I look forward to. It. I, I I love a good a good. This is over sense. I love a good woman character. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I it, but this is this is the thing though is that so many shows are guilty of not having them, so it sticks out when you have them more. It feels like more of a notable thing. Um, yeah, and well, it's gotten a lot better with the years. Yeah, and, uh, and a lot of it has to do with Joss Whedon. So thank you, Joss. Yeah, no, a lot of it does do with Buffy, and I, I think, um, like, it's one of those things that always come up. See, see, when we were having debates like online before, not as personally, but like when the debates were coming up about female-led superhero films and how ah oh, they won't work because of Elektra and Catwoman and and, and you know those failures, and like you know, you can't have like a female-led like you know big budget movie, and mm-hmm. every time someone said that, I'm like, my favorite show is Buffy the Vampire. <laughs> I grew up watching a show where the, the lead was the strong woman and it's just it was just weird. It was like alien to me that like, why can't that work? Like, she's a badass. Like, yeah, and clearly everybody agrees because Lucy came out and even though it wasn't a very good movie, <laughs> it made a ton of money. Wonder Woman came out and although I also don't think that's a very good movie, it made a ton of money. <laughs> oh, there's got to be some comments about that. Captain... Captain Marvel came out and that was good and it made a ton of money. Yeah, I'm gonna so. comments about that statement in the in the comments. Which is where you <laughs> traditionally find the comments in the comment section. <laughs> so please, if you're ever trying to find the comments and you're confused about where the comments will appear, if you look down at the comment section, you will find said comments. That has been your <laughs> comment guide for this episode. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, str- 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 it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, strong female characters are great. Very good. Uh, is <laughs> all I'm trying to say. Uh, to, uh, to be fair, this movie it is an all female cast. Uh, well, I mean, there's a guy inside the robot suit, but like in terms of the actual characters, you know, we get a robot lady, and then we got daughter and woman. Which, to be fair, it doesn't sound very feminist when it's just and woman as character. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about context. No, it is. I think. I yeah. think it is. It's all about context, of course. But it's just when you say it like that out of context, it's like yes. And the the the, the one of the lead characters is just referred to as a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought the uh, I did notice like the the robot walk and stuff like that. I mean, it's he's no RoboCop, but he was pretty good. Oh yeah, the I like the robot. Uh, shades of here. Do you, do you want an unpopular opinion? The people oh. will, and we'll do this movie someday. So you know, we'll talk about it in depth. But I kind of like Chappy. So oh, you've told me that before. I hate that movie. <laughs> I don't want to review it. <laughs> I don't want to watch it again. 
If I have to watch Star Wars prequels, you're watching Chappie. Ugh, God. <laughs> was I don't it, want to watch was, the movie was, again. Was it the, Af- the South African uh, rappers you didn't like? Was it was those the characters that you... Well, the thing is, I actually do kind of like the Antwoord, but I don't like them in the movie. I sure. don't like Chappie. <gasps> I... Uh, hey, you know, Blomkamp, to, to, is that his name? Blomkamp, yeah. He made one good movie. And one great movie, I'll say. And he, then everything else has just been so disappointing. Heck, ter- definitely terrible. He he could be making a second great movie and that the Robocop sequel is in right now. And it could have been a second great movie with the Alien sequel that he was going to do until Ridley Scott <laughs> said, no, I want to do Prometheus 2 instead. Oh. Yeah. I don't, I don't know which one I would rather watch, <laughs> to be honest. Oh come on! I I I, th- I think the, the maybe the bigger problem with Blomkamp is that he, all of his concepts come from him from scratch, and in District Nine's case, that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. I think giving him like alien characters and saying do just do a sequel to Aliens and make your Aliens movie, I think he because he, I think he's a good director. I think he's just uh, he's a bit of a wacky writer. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. I love it. I love how his stuff looks. I love the way his robots and mech suits look. I love the I love what his science fiction looks like. Sure, I, I love it. Uh, even even Elysium and Chappie, which aren't necessarily great movies, like I love how they look. No, they are not great movies. I can't believe we're gonna have to watch Chappie again. It's so irritating. Someday, it's not like it's, it's not like it's on the schedule for anytime soon. Uh, what is on the schedule next? Well, we have to rate this movie first, Tara, before we get to that. Uh. Yeah, we haven't rated the movie. <laughs> I genuinely wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Ha- I don't have it up yet. Let me. Let me get it up for you, um, and uh, I- I'll have it ready for the end of the show. Um, but uh, we should rate the movie though, because we're actually we've been rambling on here about things that are not movie related. Uh, which again, that's okay <laughs> because it's a it's a podcast, and we will talk about things uh, in a in a wacky, friendly manner because that's what we do. Yeah, we do ramble. <laughs> and I drop things sometimes, occasionally. I'm going to. I'm going to. Should I stand up and bend over for the ladies at home? Would you? Do you, do you want an ass shot? I'll do it. I'll do it. That's not a no. Do you want me to speak on behalf of the ladies? Yes, you represent all women right now. No. So because you're just afraid you won't be able to handle it. That's all that is. <laughs> all right. Okay, we have reached that point in the show where I'm going to ask Tara a very serious, serious question. Yes, Peter? What would you rate this film out of 10? <laughs> okay, so I didn't... I did not enjoy watching it. Um, I didn't like the ending. And overall, it still had that Netflix feel. But I still kind of had fun with it um so i'm not going to go that low uh, i think i think it's a seven film i'm gonna give it a seven a seven mm-hmm. we're really digging interesting paths on like how your scale works i feel like because there's been so other stuff where i've been like oh yeah, i think it's not great but like i'll give it like a six or a seven and you've been really harsh and this movie, like, I'm actually su- surprised you're going that high because I, I am going to. I think that's a mediocre score. <laughs> Do you know you and Carl would have such a fight about that? Um, 
I, I'm going straight down the middle. I think it's a five out of ten. I think it's a straight okay. five. Um, I, I think I think Seven's more of a good ish movie. Yeah, well, I think I'm doing like mediocre to good. I think okay. I'm in there. Okay, we're, we're we're gauging it. We're gauging it. I wonder if after like doing this show for like a year or something, you you, you get more settled into rating things out of ten. Because it's not something you did as often before the show, right? Where you rated movies that way. Um no. Yeah, I'm wondering. I don't if... really rate movies, <laughs> except on the show. Well, you, you do now, but I, I, that's why I'm wondering if like you know you're you're still kind of like finding your your scale kind of you're still like... okay i i know that we practically agreed about everything that we talked about on here so i it does sound like we should have a similar rating but i mean i didn't hate the movie i just had a lot of things that i could talk about that were not what they should have been but you know i, I still kind of enjoyed it and i think it's worth watching so I'm going to go more positive, I think. I guess that's where we differ, because I don't think it is worth watching. I think if you're interested in this movie, I think we've listed like four or five other movies you should watch instead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. I was feeling a little bit more down after we talked about it, so um, I'll do 6.5. 6.5. You'd have to change it. I'm not trying to make you change it. No, just... no, you're probably right. But I'm going to go 6.5 final. <laughs> I'll go to five point five. All right, we'll meet. We'll meet. <laughs> we'll meet no, closer. You we'll meet closer. <laughs> we're, we're getting closer. We're, we're the sixteen uh, chapel. The hands are coming in. And... <laughs> I think that's pretty close to what we gave the Wandering Earth. Also, maybe that was more of a five. Yeah, no, I think this is better than that. I'll stick with my five. Um, okay. I think they're in a similar kind of ballpark. I think I might have liked just how batshit insane the plot of that was. It's just that made it slightly more entertaining, I guess. But I mean, I, I, I do mean, I do mean slightly, like a slither, a slither more entertaining. <laughs> slither. That, yeah. that, this didn't have a guy that just happened to have a minigun in his back the whole, like the whole time. Yeah, nobody threw up into their own helmet and then tried to put it on somebody else's head. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that the guy who just casually said that he'd rape someone at the start? Or yeah, there's no weird comic relief character. Yeah, there isn't. Um, I think I think Mother tries to crack a joke at one point, and that's the extent of the comic relief. Oh yeah, I think that was that the was ex- kind of funny. that was the extent of it. Uh, all right, that has that has been that has been. I am Mother. At least a lot of it was, not all of it, but <laughs> a lot. Of it. Hey, that's the show. Okay, that's what you get when you come for the the cinema. Experiment. I mean, if they don't know that by now, I know. I know. If anything is making me question why me and Tim don't tangent, I feel like I should tangent more with Tim. <laughs> I, I need to give him. I need to try. Give him, I, I need to try with him when he gets back from his vacation. He's on his honeymoon. Um, I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll try him out with some with some uh, tangent thing. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of the word while I'm getting the the schedule up here. Damn it! <laughs> right here we go. Um, so. I actually have something to ask you about future episodes uh, after we're done recording. It's not it's not a debate for on air, <laughs> so everyone can be like, "Whoa!" Um, okay. So, yes. Um, okay. Actually, I can tell you about the next movie as it's an interesting one because the next movie is the winner of the last Patreon vote, which means next oh. episode we are doing Primer. So. That's going to be a fun one. Exciting. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, 
And wait, did, did I say at the start we'd have a mystery science theater thing next week? Because I don't actually think that's necessarily true. Does it? Well, we might. We might. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we might be able to, to to. If it's not this week, it'll be the next one. Yeah. If it's not the next episode, it'll definitely be the one after. Uh, we'll try and see if we can squeeze one in, or we're going to try and hang out. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So primer. Um, I think I'm going to bring diagrams for this one. Oh. Are you familiar with Primer's reputation? Uh, no. Primer's a time travel movie, um, but it is one of the most complicated and confusing time travel movies that's ever been made. Um, You're going to need some red and blue flashcards for this one? Yeah. Tell me the Chernobyl <laughs> reference. Joe, you know what's funny is me, me and Connor, just, just earlier tonight, I'm, I'm going to be like editing and putting it up like after we're done uh, later. Um we reviewed the first episode of season two of dark from netflix which is a german time travel show which was very good very good season one uh we did the first episode and throughout season one there was uh, a nuclear power plant in the town uh and it was brought up a few times and it is time travel and one of the time travel periods in the show is 1986 and it's like four or five months mm-hmm. after chernobyl and they reference it a lot because i rewatched season one over the last week because it was such a like a it wasn't confusing to watch, but having not seen it for a while, it's, like, it's hard to remember all the details because there were so many little connections and things. Um, but like this time watching it is a scene where a character travels back in time to 1986 and someone says, hey, you shouldn't be out in the rain because of Chernobyl. And I was getting all the girls like, Chernobyl, yes, comrade. <laughs> Comrade, <laughs> it's not dead. Like Azov is over solving the problem. Like you know, just just a couple of countries over. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I then, love the series. Let's uh, just review it again. Do I review? Hey, you never did episode one and two. We've got legitimate reason to to remake one and two reviews. I miss reviewing Chernobyl. Yeah, if only it was longer. If it was only longer. At the very least, though, we do have Big Little Lies, which we do together. So you can check out our Big Little Lies reviews. Look at that natural plug. That was a natural plug. That's how you Beautiful. do it. That's how you do it, baby. All right. Uh, so that has uh, been I Am Mother. This has been Atomic Cinema Experiment, episode 12, I said. I think it started this. I think that's right. Um, so, yeah, you can, of course, let us know what you think of the movie if you've watched it in the comments below. It's a Netflix movie, so it's easy to get to. <laughs> you can you can stick it out. Like I said earlier on, we have a Twitter now. We have at the Ace Podcast on, on, uh, on the Twitters. You also get me at Wibble89. Uh, all these things do, of course, support us, uh, as do uh, going to the, the podcast app of your choice, wherever you listen to it, and uh, rating us, giving us a five-star rating, maybe a little review, helps people find us, help, helps more people join the experiment, as it were. Um, and if you want to support us financially, and Tara is so proud, she does this so well now, Tara, <laughs> where can people support us financially? Well, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as little as a dollar per month and you get bonus episodes of the ace for doing it. You do. We have uh, Judge Dredd was mentioned earlier. We also have, uh, what was the other one we did? Transfers. Transfers. <laughs> the, the first in a seven movie franchise, which will be coming back to the bonus episodes at some point. <laughs> at some point, yeah. It's probably a mistake to do uh, a franchise <laughs> for bonuses. To, to, be, to be fair though, that, 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 I mean, we're not going to do them consecutively. We'll come back and do Transfers 2 in like a year or something. I don't know. But um, that entire franchise looks bonus episode quality, though. That, okay. It really does. Like, it, it so <laughs> does. It has an Oscar winner 
<laughs> Helen Hunt in there. Yes, Helen Hunt. <laughs> and like six of them too, right? Isn't she in a bunch of them? She's in like the first three, I think. But it's confusing because there's transfers one through six, but there's a transfers in between either two and three or three and four. So the numbering is actually wrong past a certain point. Transfers comes alive. I remember what it's called. Tra- transfers in in the search for curly's gold <laughs> i don't know it's only i can't joke anymore i don't have any material left in the time <laughs> what 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 um... chances in the chamber of secrets something yes. like that yes Trans- that sounds right transfers takes manhattan that's the eighth one <laughs> um <laughs> yeah yeah patriot has bonus episodes has early stuff has voting at the five dollar tier bonus episodes though you get for one dollar so you get one dollar you get a bonus episode of this bonus episode of screams after midnight and you also get a show where me and car just like pick topics out of a hat and chat about them which is called mailed fuzz mysteries why it's a mystery um so <laughs> connor suggested that and i said it was too cheesy and i just used it i feel ashamed um <laughs> But we're at, we're at that point in the show where I feel stupid enough to say that. Um, so, yeah, go check out that. And if we're going to promote other things, I think we'll both promote one thing. I'll promote um, our Twilight Zone reviews. Me and Tara every week uh, review an episode of the classic Twilight Zone show. We actually did the, the new season as well uh, of the new show, but uh, we're working our way through the original Twilight Zone, and that goes up every week. And there's also a podcast feed for that now. It's not just on YouTube. It's called uh, Fuzz in the Zone for the podcast feed and uh it's, it's behind the youtube right now but I'll, I'll, i'm doing a few a week on that just to catch up so that eventually it'll be day and date with the the video uh tara what do you want to promote why i think you should check out the babylon 5 reviews that peter is putting up their solo reviews they're still worth watching <laughs> their solo reviews and for pretty soon yeah. they will not be solo reviews so no, be... gotta catch up It'll be me and Tara doing another sci-fi piece of content. It'll be me and Tara reviewing Babylon 5 uh, mm-hmm. together. Uh, so you can look forward to that. We don't have a, a strict uh, sort of date for when that's going to sort of transition into me and Tara, but Tara's catching up to where the reviews are up to right now. Uh, and we'll be doing that soon. But yeah, that's a good idea. So there you go. Uh, that has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Tara, we made it to the end of the show. Are you are you delighted? I'm so tired. <laughs> We're both so tired, and I'm I'm really sweaty. I'm also really hungry. There's a lot going on, um, but that's okay. Why do we do these so late at night? Because you live in a stupid time zone. <laughs> All right, that has been. A, and you, uh, to be fair, you're still getting used to the new time zone. You're still kind of on the yeah. East Coast time zone, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so late. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fighting that. <laughs> Do you want me to edit that out? Do you want me to edit the yawn no, out? I don't care. You don't care? Okay. The yawn's staying in, folks. The yawn's staying in in all its uh, glory. Anyway, I really have to think about the word glory there. That's a good sign to end it. So that has been the Atomic Sun <laughs> Experiment, episode 12. Tara, what's your final statement for the show? That's not your outro, it's your final statement. I am Tara. Excellent. My final statement is that we're never doing the Star Wars prequels. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tara's going to make me do it. Don't like I'm it. not going to make you. The audience is going to make you. <laughs> it's yeah, a science you... fiction movie podcast. How do we not come do Star Wars? 
<laughs> I love the idea that in Star Wars and Connor doesn't get to be a part of it. I do like that part. <laughs> actually actually funny to me <laughs> all right thank you once again folks for watching and listening we always appreciate it uh, mystery science theater may be back next week but it definitely will be back the week after if not so look forward to that thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate that i said that already because <laughs> i'm rambling too much now <laughs> but thank you very much we'll see you next time keep watching sci-fi movies and computer add salsa yum yum